Hey, welcome to Younger and Older. This is Jason and Dave hanging out at the studios at Silver Ranch in the Northwoods of Wisconsin, which happens to also be the campus of Nicolay Bible Institute. And if you know anybody um, just out of high school or in that college age level, or even it could be older than that, that would love to spend a year with us um, to get a solid biblical foundation while being able to serve and learn how to serve and and be a part of a camping ministry, that's kind of what Nicolay Bible Institute is. It's a one-year Bible college program that's affordable, fun, and uh, you get to hang out with goofs like Dave and myself there you go. Um, year-round. And so if that's something that you think somebody in your life needs or con- should consider, I encourage you to head over to NicolayBibleInstitute.org um, or even go to SilverTranch.org and you can you know, get linked to MBI as well. But uh, I would encourage you to think about it. I think more and more so that the big university thing is becoming less of a normal path to go. And it so is. this could be a launching path, even if you don't end up pursuing a career afterwards. But if you do um, end up wanting to go to college afterwards, we do have uh, partnership agreements with a lot of Christian colleges where the credits actually transfer over. So you can actually get almost get a year done for a whole lot cheaper than actually going directly to those. But Absolutely. Uh, you know, yeah, in college us. is interesting. As an educator my whole life, I'm still at the point where I don't suggest people go to college right after high school because I think things have changed in culture, and we need to address that. Yeah, there are some things you do need college for, but there are other things you do not. Yeah. And I really think you better know what those things are, and it shouldn't just be an automatic decision to go to college after high school at this point. Yeah. It should be... Let's think about it. Let's prepare. Let's look at what the ramifications are, both financially, uh, the need for it. Would you be better off being an apprentice somewhere if, if, there's, if somewhere would help you get into the job world quicker? Is there a different path you can take? Uh, I think in this day and age, we just need to be careful because it's easy to slip into debt and go and study because that's what we've always done and never used a major that you actually used. Yeah. Um, or learned under. So I would just suggest be very careful uh, as you head into the next phase of life if you're a college young person and look for ways to develop things that you'll need in any area of life. And that's why Nicolay Bible Institute was created in the first place because you need to know God, you need to know the Bible, you need to know how to relate to people, and you need to know how to serve people. And that's really what Nicolay Bible Institute works on. So let's get you there and work on something that will be good no matter where you go in life. And then we'll see uh, what God does with you and let him continue to lead and guide you. I am not suggesting, uh, Jason, to you or anyone else that you don't consider college. I'm saying please consider it carefully in this Mm. day and age. Yeah, absolutely. um, Because you may not need it. Right. And so if you don't need it, please don't go. You may need to go to a trade school or whatever they call them now, community college or something something like that yeah, yeah. Um, and I know high schools it's funny because through the years as an educator high schools have taken on like trying to train people in trades more and more and in sciences and that used to be like college trade school stuff yeah so then you look at it and colleges are going well now what do we do well they got to get more advanced I guess and then when I talk to business people yeah and ask if they think the guys and girls coming out of college are ready for their jobs, most of them say no. Right. I think what, they had high school, they had college, and they're still not ready when they get out. So what has to change? I, th- I think we have to be more intentional with the content almost. Yeah. You know? I mean, I see this meme going around on the, on the Internet sometimes, kind of like what Joe – well, there's a lot of memes. 
But the one that comes yes, to mind are. is is uh, referring to, I'm so glad I learned about parallelograms in high school. That way it comes in handy on parallelogram day. Yeah, yeah. I know. That's the whole point. You know, <laughs> it's just like, you know, yeah. when you when you ask most people, it's like they don't even know how to do their taxes. Right. You know, or they don't even know how to plan. You Come know, on, taxes. For... That's government stuff. Nobody knows how well, to do that's their true. taxes. That's true. But you even think about even saving and right. how to handle money wisely. It's like, you know, there's no, why not talk about that in math class? Yeah. You know, I mean. Did your generation have to ever give change for a dollar? Or did you always have something that told you what the change was? No, I had to give change. Okay. I yeah, just yeah. wonder because I'm wondering kids grow up today. You know, you work at McDonald's, wherever. Yeah. I give them $5. If the machine's down, they don't know how to give me change. Oh, I know. I've seen that before. Right. And, and they're looking to their manager. Right. Well, more and more the so. The machine's down. What do I give them Not back? only that, more and more so you see these automated change machines because because of that. Right. You know, where they don't even have to give the change. It's just good. Yeah. You know, it's like the comes out of the change vending machine. Yeah. Or pay with a credit card. Or, you don't yeah, have to deal with it. Yeah, or debit card. Or, oh, man. And it seems like there's a never-ending change shortage somehow. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not sure how that works. You know, we've done so much in our nation to progress, to um, get to where we can be automated and have more time. So how's it going, you think? Do we have more time? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I take it by your response. We don't. <laughs> You know, I'm, I'm thinking about it. The computers are supposed to save time. If, if if anything, I would say it's shortened people's time. Yeah. Because yes. they allow those things to consume their time. Yeah. You know, I mean, you think about, I mean, even when I grew up still, and, and I don't know when they invented TVs in your era, Dave. Yeah, well, black and white when I was young, so we did have them. Yeah. But even when I was young, it's like the show was on when it was on. Right. If you missed it, maybe you can catch a rerun in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Or you put in your tape in the VCR and you set your time <laughs> yes. to record like that. That was still my, you know, I mean, ha literally. And I don't know if this, this probably wasn't legal or not, but everybody did it. You know, I mean, we had those big video cabinets. Right. Right. Full of VCR tapes. Right. That was all of our movies. Yeah. yeah. Copied off of the TV when they would show it on the TV. Yeah, everyone. And you could probably fit that. three full length movies on a VCR and you, know, you write down the titles yep. and it's like, all right, what movie are you watching? You got to look through all the, you know, that's. Yep. But uh, but w the reason I say that is because nowadays, I mean, back in that day, you didn't say binge. You didn't binge TV. Right. It would have been like, what are you talking about? Yeah, that would be silly. But now it's like, you know, people, when they watch a show, they watch the entire thing in a week. Yeah. And so you think about the time that that takes. Yep. You know, let alone adding on screen time when they're, you know sorting through their Facebook feeds, their Instagram accounts, their reels, their TikToks, you know, whatever, yep. whatever age you are that you're listening, whatever category you fall in, like they're endless holes. And so when we talk about time, man, I would say that sometimes these advances in technology, even though they come with benefits, often come with baggage that we're not willing to, to part with. Yeah. Or to you know, that's a great saying. With. Is it really, is this really a benefit to you or is it baggage? Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it's one of the others. Right. And right. It, it can be something. Everything that we use in life could be, I mean, there's things like radio when it first got used. And now this is way before my time. But when radio was first being used in a massive way, you know, everyone said, this could be used for good. Well, it can also be used for bad. Yeah. You know, television. Well, this could be used for good. Well, it sure could. Right. And, and bad. Right. And I think we have to realize that about life. Just realize these are good things. Microwaves, when they came out, it's like, what are we going to do at home? 
we have so much time saved. Yeah. It, how in the world are we going to use all that time? I don't think that's done anything for families to make life better. Right. You know, um, and likewise, all the sophisticated stuff we have on ovens. Uh, you know, I have Instapots and <laughs> you know whatever air fryers, else. And air fryers, and, and it's like, oh, all this time we got now. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. Um, now we have to build kitchens that are the size of the Taj Mahal, <laughs> you know, to, to hold all this stuff. Yep. And um, it's really kind of interesting when you look at it. But uh, you know how weird it's gotten? I, my VCR, I didn't have a huge collection because my VCR, if I had it, would still be blinking. I, I have no idea. It was one of those things where it's like, I don't know how to program this thing. I don't even want to learn. Yeah. Uh, if it happens to be on and I can hit the record button i did so uh, but i had go. but i had to be home yeah right, right you know to do it because if i ever timed it i got half of a program or something else or, or the, the wrong channel yeah. or something yeah yeah uh, but now it's so weird i mean my wife and i we like watching uh, um you know some game shows some word game shows yep and we just wait till they're done so we can skip the ads and get through them quicker you know right. i mean it's like what a different life uh, right. than it used to be when we were growing up yeah um so yeah, I think, you know, it's interesting to see and to evaluate life, and we need to do that because we're not better off because something comes out that makes life better. Mm -hmm. um, the uh, Actually, the depression rate, and I don't remember the year exactly, but the depression, suicide rate increased dramatically, by the way, the year that um, iPhones were introduced. Yeah. Is there a correlation there? I don't know. I'm not claiming that. I'm saying I find it interesting mm -hmm. because iPhones are nice, I guess, or, or smartphones, I should say, whatever, whatever phone you like. They're nice. Uh, they certainly have their benefits. But I see too many students who, if they get a text, or, you know, they can't avoid it. Right. They can't. It, it interrupts whatever they're doing. And rather than saying, you know what, I'll check it later, like it, it's 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 like you give anybody access to the to your attention at any given time. Yeah. And on social media stuff with it accessible like that. Yeah. There's so many people that are just, I think, sick because they're now doing things so that people like mm -hmm. what they do. So think about it when when you were a kid. Yep. Um, if you took a school bus to school, I grew up in an era where Everyone walked. There was no school bus. It didn't matter. There just weren't buses picking us up. So we we weren't rural. I was in Chicago. But Chicago didn't have buses pick you up for a school that was a mile away. You'd get there on your own. Right. And so we did. You know, no no problem. But you went to school. You walked uphill both ways, snow, sleet, rain. Well, you could find the hard way. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, really, uh, the stuff I did as a kid, I understand people today would never do. I mean, I liked the same bologna sandwich every day, and I liked, you know, I would walk to school, and I would walk home for lunch and it, because I wanted to. I could have stayed at school for lunch, and yeah. yet I didn't want to stay there. I wanted to go home and watch Bozo. Ah, and yes, Bozo. The so I'd watch Bozo and go back. I'd eat my bologna sandwich, watch Bozo, and go back. Yeah. Um, and I had just enough time. It took me 15 minutes to walk to school. I could eat, takes me 15 minutes to get back, and bell rang, and I'm sitting down How again. long of a lunch period did you have? An hour. Wow. Oh, yeah. So, uh, you know, that was good uh, as far as I was concerned. Well, a lot of kids walked home for lunch, so they had to give you an hour. Oh, okay. 
you know, back then. And it was really good for the school, by the way. The kids went out and walked I for think, an hour I in between. I think it's great. Yeah, I think it's great. Um, I think that was pretty healthy. Uh, but, you know, you, you look at, you know, how we used to do things, and it's so different. But when I left school, if I was getting bullied or someone was a pain, mm-hmm. I left it. I left it. Yeah. I went home yep. to another environment. A bozo, you know I mean? Or whatever. Yep. I went home to a different environment. Today, they never leave that environment. Mm-hmm. You know, the kid leaves school, and then there's social media. Right. So if you're getting picked on at school, you, you go and you check out social media, you got no friends. Mm-hmm. Or somebody's on there calling you a, a bozo. You know, I mean, what, yeah. whatever it might be. And you're looking at it going, huh? I can't get away from this. Where life used to be segmented a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and I think actually the segmentation of life, it sometimes is not bad. Right. Because a, a kid in school environment, great. But when they're in a family environment, that's not school. That's a totally safe place to be that they need to be. And they need to be safe for those times. And in that environment, they can sort out a different environment and how to act in it and be healthy. Mm-hmm. But if you never leave the environment, what happens to you? Right. And um, so I think that there's great danger there at this point. Um, and I also think that, you know, the Internet, this is my just old man of observation, but I, I think the popularity of, of porn sites and all that, I think it's almost impossible for young couples to date and have pure minds. Mm-hmm. So I think we're in a great trouble that way Yeah. as far as um, – you know, if you have daughters growing up and, and some guy comes and wants to take her out, uh, believe it or not, the, the idea of them spending hours looking at pornographic sites, they probably don't have the best thoughts of your daughter hmm. at that point. So I don't know what to tell you other than that is a very dangerous position where these kids learn, girls learn, that they need to be used in order to be popular. Mm. And guys learn that you use women in order to be popular. Mm. And, you know, you'd say, well, no, that's not happening. Okay, fine. I have my opinion. But you can go look educationally and see it's it's going to be very difficult for a young man to keep his way pure and think correctly after absorbing hours of pornography. Mm -hmm. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. And for you to think that he would as he takes your daughter out, whether, you know, that's why I'm so scared of things, um, you know, whether it be proms or whatever it might be, because there's no way, if you look at the statistics, there's no way to believe anything other than pornography is prevalent. Yeah. And especially um, adolescent boys. Mm -hmm. So they're doing it. And yeah. not all of them, of course, but you say, my, my kid will only go out with someone from church. Well, church kids are doing it too. Right. So I, I think I, I'm not sure what discussion parents necessarily need to have with their children. Mm-hmm. And it would go the other way too. You have three boys, and yeah. if oh, yeah. someday they're, you know, if somehow you can keep them from the pornography, but and they want to go on a date someday, what if the girl they're, they're asking out has been immersed in Mm-hmm. pornographic sites what is she going to expect and what is she going to do right well it's going to affect things mm-hmm. um, and for our nation really i haven't heard anyone in the nation really addressing 
that great danger that's there, except for maybe some conservative Christian groups or something, but it is there. Right. Whether we like to admit it or not, it's there. Um, I don't know how you do anything to limit that, because I don't know how you do that in a country that has free speech and, and freedom of the press and all that kind of stuff. So I'm not sure. But I do think parents need to be totally involved in their kids' lives, totally. Um, yeah. In fact, I'm so uh, maybe backwards, whatever it might be, whatever you want to call me, that I'm doing a seminar in a, another week to a bunch of men. And one of the things I'm telling them is I honestly think in this day and age, if you're a, a married, you should make sure that your spouse has all your passwords. They can take your device at any time and look on it and see what's on it. I, I really think, for me, that that is one of those accountability things that you need to have in place because I don't think there's anything out there that will filter things. And if you really want to get around the system, I think you're going to get around the system. Right. And even if you know your wife or your husband has your passwords, you still might get around the system. I understand that. But I think that there needs to be an openness with electronics. Oh, absolutely. That's all I'm saying, somehow, right. uh, an right. openness. My wife... Uh, will take my phone from time to time and flip through all of my communications and flip through anything that I have on there. Yeah. And I give her the permission to do that. She will not talk with anyone about what's on there. That's right. all still private. Yeah. She understands that, but she's been the wife of a president of a ministry for many years. She understands I'm quiet. I don't say anything. Yeah. Uh, but I do think it's important that she see any communication on there. Right. And if I get communication from, uh, maybe I might get communication from an old friend that's a female that's on there, I will immediately show it to her and tell her, this person contacted me, this is what they said. Mm -hmm. So there is no, right. There, there's nothing there. Right. You know, and I don't know how each family can do this. And whenever I've said that to people, they've, they've kind of punched back because like you're trying to take away all privacy. Like, yes, I am. Mm -hmm. Because really, think about it for a second. As a Christian, you don't have any privacy. Right. God knows well, everything. And not only that, you look how Satan works. And, you know, Satan works in the darkness. He does. And oftentimes that's in secrets, it's through privacy and all that sort of stuff. And so that's that's why I think it's so prevalent. And I think I think slowly, I think the mainstream media is starting to realize the impact of pornography. Actually, at the end of last year, I saw an article come up on my, you know. Whatever. Whatever. And uh, it was actually Billie Eilish. I don't know if you're, you're familiar it, it, with the name. It's a girl? It's Yeah, she's a girl. Okay, I, 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 did, I, I was trying to think, okay, wait a minute. Not, no, yeah, I, yeah. Think, I think a I know who you're talking about. Grammy-winning singer. Okay, yeah. 20. Uh, and came. I, I saw the headline. It says, Billie Eilish says watching porn from a young age um, destroyed her brain. You know, and so she, from my understanding, I don't think she's a professing believer. Right. I don't, I don't know much about her, but I'm, I'm, you know, but, and so this mainstream and she says, this is what she says. I think porn is a disgrace. I used to watch a lot of porn. To be honest, I started watching porn when I was like 11. Yep. Okay. Not um, unusual, by the way. Not unusual. Um, and I think it really destroyed my brain and I feel incredibly devastated that I was exposed to so much porn. She right. added. Um, and she, she said she went on to say that she suffered nightmares because some of the content even got so abusive and so violent. Absolutely. And so I think as we talk about it, it's dangerous. Yeah. And I think I think it's slowly mainstream is starting to realize the impact that can have, but it as we've been talking about not only is it dangerous and addictive and and not healthy, but then it also portrays a, 
an untrue reality. Exactly. You know, like a, that's an oxymoron because it's not a reality, but right. you, an, an untrue. A virtual reality. A virtual reality. Yeah, which is trying which to be promoted. Right. And so, and, and that's the thing you got to realize. And so when you talk about the steps that you take, it's like, there's a reason it's called accountability. It takes yeah. intentionality. And so it's not like you don't have privacy. It's saying, you know what? I understand how Satan works and I need to make sure that I'm guarding against it. I mean, every time that I've seen in the Bible, um, especially as Paul talks about in the new Testament, when it comes to sexual sin, you know, it's fight and run. Right. Like you, right. you, you run away from it. Right. You know, flee oftentimes, right. you know, why? Because the best situation is, you know, Satan's crafty. So just run. Yes. Uh, I mean, there's re- I mean, the devil prowls around like a roaring lion. Right. You know, have you watched the nature channel recently and watched a lion yeah, prowl? Like I would not want to be a victim <clears throat> of a lion that's prowling. No. You know, but I, I think we kind of put bows and ribbons on it and, in, you know, we, with any sin that you are exposed to, Satan wants you to justify it, Absolutely. whether it's through like, well, I have my privacy or whatever it is. And that's where we got to be careful, yep. you know. And so if you're listening today and, and you've struggled with sexual sin, uh, whether it's through pornography and other things, one of the biggest things I can encourage you to do is be willing to talk to somebody about it. Mm-hmm. Get um, accountable. Because um, I guarantee you they won't judge you. They'll just come alongside you and say, all right, let's come up with a game plan yep. so that we can help you. Yeah. You know, I, I, it is so important. Transparency is important. I, I think eventually you have, in life, I have thought this way. And again, I know people have talked to me on the other side and said I'm overly simplistic on, on this. But it's like, I don't want to have to hide anything. Yeah. I don't want to hide anything. Right. So anything you want to know about me, if you ask, I'll probably tell you. Yeah. Because I don't want to hide anything. It, in, our, in our ministry, we have a couple different boards. You know, we yeah. have a board of trustees, we have a board of directors. They get to see everything. Mm-hmm. Their outsiders get to see everything, all the policy. All they get to look at it through different lenses. We get audited every year financially. Mm-hmm. It goes to the board of directors to look at. Then they tell us what they see. You know, I mean, it's the accountability. If if somebody comes and wants to see our corporate nine ninety, we hand it to them. Yeah. If somebody comes to me and says, "I want to know how you do this budget wise," I'll say, "Well, go." Talk to Mike, who does that for us. He'll he'll tell you. Yeah. I no secrets, and all of a sudden, people that try to accuse you of something, they disappear. Mm-hmm. Like because there's nothing to accuse you of. Everything is out in the open. Yeah. And if they want to see it, now they could disagree with you. Right. Right. That's not what I'm talking about. They can disagree with how you spend your money. They can disagree with whatever they want to. But as far as accusing you of something, it's really hard when you're open. Um, I know the medical people. I am so in the habit of being transparent that. Um, I was in the, I forget, clinic, hospital, whatever I was getting done. And they made, they said, okay, you know, here's your privacy thing. You know, we want you to sign this. And they said, who, who can we talk to about your condition? And I wrote at the bottom, whoever asks, and I signed it. Yeah. And they said, we haven't gotten that answer before. Hmm. I said, you know, ma'am, does, do I care? Right. I mean, honestly, what disease do I want to hide from people? Right. You know, if, if, if Jason Kemper walks into the hospital and says, I want to know what Dave's diseases are, tell him. Right. What, what am I going to lose by that? Mm-hmm. I can tell people on, her, on, on the podcast, I have narcolepsy and heart disease and high blood pressure. I'm done. I, that's all I know I have at this point. <laughs> you know, so yeah. is that something I care to hide? 
Yeah. Not really. Yeah, but it makes you, you know, less valuable. If if I'm less valuable to you because I have some problems, you have a problem. Mm-hmm. That that's your problem, not mine. I am what I am. Yeah. You know. Um, of course, you know, there's a time I was in a wheelchair and some other things, and I've understood what it is that your value comes from something other than what you are, and you always need to be honest with people. And one of the greatest things about marriage to me is the fact that my wife and I get to share everything. Mm-hmm. There are no secrets. There are no secret accounts. There are no, there are no uh, secret passwords. Um, other than me forgetting passwords that she gives me, Mm-hmm. <laughs> we don't have any secrets, but everything. <laughs> <laughs> she even puts them in places and tells me where they are, and I forget where they are. So it's it's one of those things where it's like, yeah. Yeah. you know, I I'm uh, old fashioned that way. I think that couples should have you know joint finances. I think mm-hmm. I think transparency and everything is very important. Yeah, that's just a byproduct of trust and building trust through the years. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're thinking about getting married and you don't think you can have that kind of relationship with the person you're marrying, I would suggest putting off your marriage. Right. Because you need to be able to trust that person, and they need to be able to handle your trust mm-hmm. and the other way around, and I would suggest that's very important. Yeah. Now, I can't address the idea if you work for a Fortune 500 company, they say you can't allow anyone else to see the emails and memos and you know, I understand that that would be a corporate account, but somebody else normally should be looking at that. You know, if your business is such where you have private, and I understand employee privacies and right, you know that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I, so I'm not suggesting um, that you do things outside the law mm-hmm. uh, on some of those things. I'm just suggesting that we be extremely transparent. Absolutely. Um, and I've learned that again as my wife goes through cancer how important it is to know exactly what somebody else is thinking mm-hmm. and going through and trust that um, they'll use the information they hear well. Yeah. You know, and that's what you're doing. If you love somebody, you will use the information well mm-hmm. that they give you. So anyway, I know it might be a little bit controversial to some because we really are in an era where you think your privacy is so important. Yeah. But if your children are growing up now and they're saying, I need my privacy, you know, there might come a time where you say, I'm sorry, not mm-hmm. while you're under the roof here. Yeah. Because they need to learn that you really should never be doing something you need privacy for. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to have conversations with people that you think you shouldn't be having, mm-hmm. then why are you having them? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, again, they might say, well, I'm going to tell somebody I like them. I don't want my mom and dad to know. Mm-hmm. Tell them in person. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, honestly. Oh, yeah. Don't, don't text it. Right. Or whatever it might be. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. No, and I, I think that's so important. And, and, you know, if you're sitting here listening and thinking, like, wow, I don't know if I could do that, like, push yourself to do that. That yeah. way, you know, because the cool thing about in Scripture is the light exposes the darkness. And so anytime you're willing to take that step to expose darkness, it brings healing and it brings, you know, a, a lifting of a weight off your chest. And all of a sudden you realize that, you know what, you've been believing lies and there's actually people around you that want to help you right and that's the thing is that isolation and loneliness is where satan wants you and And mistrust i mean you don't trust people around you you gotta ask why and work on that 
Right. Absolutely. But unfortunately, that's all the time that we have here on today's episode. I encourage you, if you want to re-listen to it, head over to silverbirchranch.org and check out the podcasts uh, where you can listen to this episode, some of the past episodes that we've done, or even check out some of the other podcasts that we've done. But for now, this is Jason and Dave on Younger and Older, and we'll see you next time. Take care. Bye-bye.